Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dicko hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to another episode of the ISO for SB Live Sports. I'm your host, Dan Dickow. Glad to have today's guest, somebody that I have gotten to know fairly well over the last couple of years as SB Live has made a splash in the high school basketball as well as high school sports scene. Um, someone who is the national manager for high school basketball for Nike. None other than Tony Dorado. Tony, thanks for joining. Appreciate it. It's been uh, too long since we've seen each other's face. Dan, absolutely. It's it's kind of the it's kind of the the theme of of this whole thing, right? Is we're getting to try to reconnect with everybody that we haven't seen, and it's uh, it's great being on. Thanks for asking. For sure, you've got a lot of uh, great uh, experiences and memories. I'm sure that you can share in in our short conversation that. Um, will be of interest to pe- to listeners because of you were a tremendous high school coach in the Bay Area. You moved on to an opportunity with Nike and you've grown, as I mentioned, to be the national manager of high school basketball. So you've seen the growth of high school basketball and, and the impact that it can have on, on coaches leading to new opportunities like yourself, as well as uh, what great coaches can do for their players. So let's start with the impact that you see great high school coaches can truly have on a player at that level. Well, I think, um, I think Dan, I think, and this may be biased as like you said, as like an ex high school coach, but I, I think that um, I think at the high school level, you have the greatest amount of impact on a, on a person's or a greatest amount of influence um, on a person's life, because those ages, those 14 to 18 are so you know, it's it's such an important such an important developmental piece for those for those kids, and to be able to have an impact on them at that time, I think is 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 enormous. And and to have the right, you know, we all know stories, or either personally or have heard stories of high school coaches who have been very influential uh, with kids in in a positive way, and and some who've been influential in a not so positive way. But but that age group is is huge to just for their own personal development whether it's you know stuff going on beyond basketball and and their lives beyond that to you know the actual development on court development for somebody uh coming to be a a really really good player those those things are those ages are are really good i mean you know to this day i still have relationships with players of mine who i coached I coached all the way. This is my 26th year at Nike. I've, I've been at Nike since 1995. So I coached, uh, I started becoming a head coach in 1984. Um, so I, and I still have relationships. I still talk to players who were, you know, who played for me in the eighties and early nineties. And, you know, those guys are in their forties and early fifties in some regards. And, and it's, 
those are those are great those are heartwarming and very and very deep and intimate relationships that i have with those players because those are those are my guys those were those were my those were my children before i actually had my own children right yeah. uh, those those were my guys for sure you know it's awesome because i can hear the passion in your voice when when i can see uh, you thinking about some of the players that you coached early oh, on, and that yes. may, brings, you know, memories of the high school coach that I had, you know, he's become a, a mentor and a friend, someone that I can kind of, you know, ask different questions of. Um, and there is that special bond with high school players and coaches when the coaches do it right. And when players and parents and families buy in, um, you have with your role with Nike, the ability and, and the opportunity to work with a lot of high level coaches and basketball programs across the country. What is the separator in your eyes between the top of the top, a middle of the road program? Uh, um, I, I think, I think when you talk about, when you talk about the teams that we're dealing with, like we're dealing with, I always say, we're not dealing with the cream of the crop in terms of high schools. We're dealing with the tip of the cream. Right. I mean, we're you know, there's there's nearly 20,000 high schools that play high school basketball. And if you're talking about, you know, you're talking about the Montverde's Montverde Academies of the world, the Oak Hills world. That's like, you know, th those are the point one percent of the top high schools. But I, I think that I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing to me that I see at, of a successful program at any level is one the first of all it's the head coach and their staff the commitment and the passion they have for uh for excellence and excellence means again not only just player development but it also means investing in the culture of their program uh what kind of culture they have means that players can come in graduate move on new players come in whether it be transfers or freshmen or whatever it is and that culture remains the same the the faces and names may change but how they act how they behave off the court how they play on the court their style of play all that stuff remains the same because of the because of the development and passion that those that the head coach and uh, and his staff has instilled and then I think from there, Dan, I think the other piece that helps make a successful program, whether it be a national program or a, or a really good high school program, is you've got to have administrative support. You have to have support from the school administration. And, and that, that commitment from the school administration can be at different levels. But if you don't have an administration that, that is supporting you and having that commitment to the school the school will always the school's basketball program will always have a ceiling to it right it will never be able to maybe reach its full potential because that school doesn't understand that school doesn't understand the commitment it takes to to have a good basketball program and when you're talking and, and mentioning some of the schools, the Montverds, the uh, Oak Hills, Fairfax Academy with uh, Harvey Katani, who is now at a different school, you know, I've met a couple of those coaches and they are top level basketball minds. From what I know, they're great people. Steve Smith and Harvey have been guests on the ISO. Um, but when you're talking about that, that next level of program that wishes they could be one of the elite elites, um, and they reach out to you at Nike. How do you determine 
where teams fall in, I guess you could call it the pecking order, because you're talking about tradition rich programs there, but then others that are really good where maybe you've spotlighted a coach in your conversations and your travels that, Hey, I want to keep my eye on him in this program because they're doing a tremendous job. They've got a potential to get to one of those next levels. How do you work through that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, and we, we evaluate and we run Nike high school basketball, very similar to how the college level is run. So, um, so your alma mater has obviously elevated its status within the basketball world over time, right? When it, when Gonzaga first started playing basketball, it wasn't, it, it wasn't where it's at today. And coach Fuse done a, a great job of elevating that program. So the brand, the brand exposure that, that, um, that Gonzaga brings Nike today is greater than what it brought Nike maybe the first year. And I don't know how many years, maybe 20 years that let's say 20, 25 years that Nike and Gonzaga have been uh, partners, business partners. Well, today there's no question that brand exposure that they're providing Nike is greater today. So their value to us is greater that way. And that's how we evaluate high schools too. We evaluate high schools by what's the brand value? What's the brand exposure that that a Mount Verde Academy or a Fairfax High School, like a, a Coach Katani's uh, former school, what what is the brand value that a school is is bringing us, and that's um, and that's how we're going to evaluate, and that's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna tier our uh, tier our agreements or sponsorships as well, based upon that that brand exposure. How many? It's the eyeball test. Right? How many eyeballs are watching and aware of Mount Verde or Oak Hill or Christ the King or Modern Day or Simeon or any of those, Damatha, any of those schools? That's a great way to put it. It's a kind of a hand in hand partnership. And it makes a lot of sense that high school would be run in the way that your college department is, because when you look at it, the best high school programs, many of them you've just mentioned, try to run things and mimic things very similar to the way the college programs run them. Uh, you're going to have a, a regimented off-season program where most of the kids, if they're not a multi-sport player, are going to buy in. You're going to have preseason tournaments or matchups, league play, gearing up to get ready for your state tournament. Uh, so it does make a lot of sense in the way you describe that. And and you know you know Dan where where it's re where it's reflected in that is we see. We're starting to see more and more of our coaches. We're losing more and more of our really, really good Nike high school coaches to college because college is seeing them. We just uh, we just had another guy. I think it's our seventh, our seventh head coach from a, that used to be a Nike high school head coach. Now there's seven um, of those guys who are now heading up Division One programs. Guys like Frank Martin or or Nate Oates at Alabama or Danny Hurley, you know, at UConn or Todd Simon at Southern Utah or, you know, Bucky McMillan at, at, at uh, Sanford. I mean, all these guys have all become, have all become uh, head coaches and they were all previously um, Nike high school coaches. That's, that's really interesting. Cause I was going to ask you that about, you know, 
if you feel great high school coaches would make a good college coach, because I've seen many, and you actually mentioned a, a few more than that came to my top of my head really quickly, but the guys that you mentioned, absolutely. And I think one of the things, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because at the high school level, you have to do, do so many things, wear so many hats, you have to game plan, you have to uh, run practices, fundraise, or organize a multitude of things. So the college stuff might actually become easier because you can focus more on basketball than you would just as a high school coach. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, you can ask the guy in your neck of the woods, ask coach few coach few, who was a high school coach at one point, he had to sweep the gym floor. I'm sure he had to go from sweeping the gym floor before practice to then going and taping a couple of ankles before practice started. You have to be, the travel agent to if you're traveling out of state or you have to be the tournament director if you're hosting a, a holiday event you're Dan you're exactly right you had to you had to do all those things and then and then you know I remember the days as a as a high school coach and a teacher I'd get home and I still had to grade grade papers now I was a history teacher I still had to grade you know grade papers on the test that we had for the civil war and then had to, you know, had to prep for class the, had to prep for class the next day. And it, shoot, I, I, Dan, even one year at our Catholic school that I was coaching at, we were short, we were short a, um, a religious teacher. And they had one freshman class that they, that they were short a teacher. And because I went to the school and because maybe I was Catholic, they asked me to teach that class. So for one year, I was even teaching a freshman, a freshman theology class. All the coaches gave me grief. They called me brother Tony for the entire year because, because I was teaching this class. And I, and you know, you, you do what you, you do what you got to do. Dan Dickow here for Moink Meat. Moink was founded by an eighth generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. Host Kevin O'Leary said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted. And I tend to agree. And Jamie Simonoff, creator of the Ring Video Doorbell, invested in Moink. Why do just four companies control 80% of the US meat industry? Because big food crushes the little guy. You can help change that with moinkbox.com. Why are 97% of the chicken served in the U.S. dipped in chlorine? Simple, because big food doesn't have the same quality standards as the family farm. That's why you need moinkbox.com. The best bacon, the best steak, the best chicken, and the best salmon you'll ever eat won't come from the grocery store. You'll only find it on the family farm and caught by independent Alaska fishermen. That's why you need moinkbox.com. Join the moinkbox.com movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash believe right now. And listeners to this show will get free bacon for a year with every box ordered. That's right. Free bacon for a year. That's one of the best years ever. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but only for a limited time spelled m-o-i-n-k box.com slash believe that's moinkbox.com slash believe moink meat is so delicious it's awesome i think you will love it too get moink right now
Well, you do what you got to do. And, and, and those guys that have been mentioned and the way you describe it is because you have a passion for the game. And when you have yeah. a passion for the game, you're going to learn it. You, you're going to do what needs to be done to have success at whatever level that you're at. And, and I think that it exemplif- is exemplified in the guys that you mentioned. So with you being around high school basketball for a, a long time with Nike, you've also, I'm sure, been around the AAU scene because they kind of work hand in hand now. Absolutely. High school programs must work closely with the best AAU programs to make sure the teams and games and schedules don't overlap. What's the biggest change that you've seen in the AAU world um, maybe in the last 10 to 15 years? I think the the biggest change has been really the EYBL, establishing the EYBL, because the EYBL became, what it did is it created a higher competitive level because the games mattered. Now the games, it wasn't like, hey, you know what? Who cares if I lost the 9 9 a.m. game? I still got a game at 1 and I got a game at 7. You know, who cares? Who cares if I lost the game at 1? Now I'm 0-2 for the day. Doesn't make any difference. Oh, shoot. Our team didn't make it to the, you know, to the, we didn't get out of pool play. And now we're in the bottom bracket and we're playing in the back gym. Who cares? I start. I'm playing for my scholarship. I don't care how the team goes. And and I and I think ultimately, as you're even as you're watching at the highest level right now, you're watching the playoffs and you see like, did, I mean, I'm sure everybody saw Chris Paul's reaction after they won last night. Like, that's a guy who's played in the league for 16 years and he's never. And this is the first time he's made it to the NBA Finals. It wasn't about. Yes, he had a great game, an unbelievable scoring game and all that stuff. But I guarantee you, he would have, he would have taken a four point. He was, he would, if you just said, Hey, Chris, you're going to score four points tonight, but we guarantee your team is going to win and you're going to advance to the finals. He would have taken that in a heartbeat. Cause it's, so it's all about, you know, our, our game is still a team game. Yeah. So we have our, our game's a dichotomy, right? We have so much focus now on, on the individual, but the only way you have success in our game is by playing in a team, in a team format and in a team concept. And, and so I think that's been the biggest thing is the EYBL has caused people and, and the, and the following other leagues that have gone on and the following other structures gone on has made the EYBL become has made has made players understand that winning and losing still matters in this game. That's so important that winning still matters because at the end of the day, I, I agree with you because you, you're you're playing for an outcome of a of a game with a score with teammates as opposed to oh I got my 22 points that school may have looked at me they're going to contact you know my my club director and maybe start recruiting me but if you win that's all going to happen anyways. And you could score six points and have an impact on a winning game and be much more valuable in the eyes of the next level. And so that is very uh, spot on in in your assumption and you see it every year. Yeah. With, with the time that you've spent with, with, with Nike at the high school basketball level, what's the best high school player you've ever seen? Oh, good question. Good question. Um, because people ask me all the time, what's overall the best player I've ever seen high school, at the high school level. But since my time at Nike, I would say LeBron. Uh, you know, Le- LeBron was just, was, 
was so physically, so physically dominating. But again, going back to the whole concept of competing and wanting to win, LeBron wanted to win so badly. He took, he took his team and not that, not that he didn't have guys who didn't know how to play, but, but he didn't necessarily have guys. It wasn't like he was playing with guys who were also other first round players or, you know, I can't think of, I'm not sure any of his SVSM teammates played in the NBA at all, but he elevated them to play, to make sure that they got to be so much better as a team. And, and he was just, he was just so impactful of the entire game. He, he was, since I've been at Nike, I'd say he's the best high school player I've seen. And he's changed the landscape of high school sports being covered uh, by large media entities. ESPN, I remember, covered a number of his high school games. Now, a lot of the teams that you work closely with are on ESPN a couple times throughout the year. So this leads me to my next question. What about the best high school team that you've ever seen? You, you know, you know who might end up being the best one is I, I, they're definitely in my, they're definitely in my thought process. And I think that they're ultimately time will tell, but I think the ultimately will be, will be the Montverde Academy team from two years ago, where now you're looking at, you're looking at four of those guys potentially being drafted in this, uh, you know, next month and, or this month in this upcoming draft where you got Kate Cunningham. Uh, Marcus Moody, Durant, Durant Sharp, and Scotty Barnes. Heck, three of those guys, you know, Cunningham, Moody, and Barnes could all be lottery picks. Those were all guys that were, that's, that's four of their starting five. And then you throw in, Caleb, you know, Caleb Houston, who's going to, who's going to Michigan. That was their starting five. You had their, their second, the guys coming off the bench, uh, you know, were starters at any other, any other situation. They, they just had so many, they, you know, they just had so many pieces. They were, they played to, they played together so well. They, uh, they were so big and long. I have a great, uh, coach Boyle sent me a great picture. It was like last, last couple minutes of a game. They were already all the instruct the, the starting five and the first couple guys, like the first seven guys were already on the bench, right? But somebody scored, maybe that didn't score much or something like that. Something happened in the last minute for the guys who were on that, for the reserves that were playing in the game. And the shot is of the bench. And you should see like their, the emotion and the react, like Cade Cunningham is, must be two feet off the ground. He's jumping. Scotty Barnes, I mean, like, their reaction, their reaction for their teammates showed how special that team was and how they, they sacrificed their own individual glory for, uh, for the team. And they, they were, my God, they were, you know, I, I didn't get to see the Dunbar teams of, you know, um, uh, in the early eighties and, and, and those teams, I didn't get to see, you know, I didn't get to see cream, Kareem at Power Memorial, um, but I tell you, this this team from Mount Verde was really special. Yeah, that's a great example of, of teams supporting and pulling for each other, regardless of where you might be in a rotation. You know, I know uh, quite a few people at Nike who 
are either friends of mine or, you know, have gotten to know them in passing through my time in basketball. But one thing I've always been impressed about with Nike is um, they've got great people and they support and they're pulling for each other to, you know, maybe move up the ladder, corporate ladder at Nike or, or find an opportunity that fits them. The big head boss of Nike basketball just got a huge opportunity um, to take over the, the general manager role of the Dallas Mavericks. And that's Nico Harrison, another Portland area guy that uh, I've known for a number of years. How fun is it to see a mentor and a boss of yours kind of get that position? It's I'm so happy for him. You know, it's just it's a great it's a great opportunity for him to go from leading a tremendous organization within a Fortune 500 company like we are to going and 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 leading and leading an NBA team with you know with a, a I'm, with an innovative owner and I think that was without without knowing for sure from Nico and, and from hearing it directly from him. But I got to believe working for a guy like Mark Cuban was part of the attraction, you know, and, and, uh, and so just, uh, you know, really, really happy for him. It's uh, it's going to be exciting opportunity. And, and he was a rising star at Nike. And I don't, I see him now being a rising star in the NBA. I mean, you know, he's not, He's not done with where he's where where he's going, and and he's the second Nike guy. Now we you know we have Mark Eversley, yeah. um, who's the GM of the Bulls, who used to uh, work in in our in our pro department, and so it's great to see those two guys in there. Um, we just had um, just recently we had Brian Davison, who was also who was kind of Giannis's guy with us at Nike, um, has just taken you know he's ta- he's now a vice president with the with the Bucks. So we've had, you know, just just like you said, Dan, it's great to see all these teammates going on and, and doing all these things and fulfilling their fulfilling their dreams um, by by being part of, uh, you know, the highest level in basketball. Well, as a Northwest guy myself, I'm, I'm definitely pulling for Nico. The only hard part for me is now I can't send him a text message. You get some free gear every few yeah. months. So <laughs> I'll have to send him one more before that Maverick contract kicks in, I guess. But we'll see what hurry, happens. Hurry, hurry. I know he's got the draft coming up, and I know he's got he's to jump into that job uh, with Dallas uh, with both feet. That's for sure. Absolutely. So last question, Tony, before I let you go, the, the name image likeness that the NCA has just allowed to kind of go through uh, kicks into high gear today, being July 1st when we're recording this. Um, is that going to have any impact on high school sports in, in your estimation? I know you can't give a, a probably a, a corporate statement, but do you think it's going to have any impact, uh, a trickle down effect? Yeah, I, I... Dan, I think it obviously will. You mentioned ESPN games that, you know, ESPN now covers games. We've both seen being in basketball. We've both seen the the amount of now media attention, whether it be mainstream media, whether it be social media attention that goes towards high school, towards high school basketball, towards specific players, all that stuff. So, you know, we now see, you know, we now see players, high school players who have, you know, millions of followers in social media, in their social media outlets. So I don't see, I, I see definitely that the, that the National Federation and the state associations, the individual state associations that govern each state are going to have to make some decisions and, and have, some, have some discussions around this whole uh, NIL piece because, because that type of legislation is going to come down to the high schools because 
I think some of those some of those more popular players are going to have some market value. Well, and you see the market value that they might have by some of these new entities, such as the the G League's elite team that I believe it's the overtime elite league where, you know, kids are having opportunities now to outside of just going to college. Some guys have gone to Europe. Some guys have gone to Australia. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all kind of comes together over the next couple of years. Right. And, and it's and it's happening sooner and sooner. Right. I mean, we can tell those those guys that are juniors in high school or sophomores in high school that are going to, going to be there. And, and, you know, I think, uh, I, I think as people are aware of those guys, then that market value increases for those individual players as well. hundred percent. Well, Tony, I appreciate the time. Thanks for joining. Uh, it's always good to connect, talk high school hoops as well as just Nike in general. So thanks again for myself and SB live. Hey, Dan, again, thanks so much for having me on. It was great. uh, Great seeing you and hope, hope to see you in person sometime soon. Sounds great. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.